go into how you started filmmaking and what your filmmaking is now, kind of your work, just filmmaking experience, kind of go into it. Yeah. Uh, so I started, so when I was in high school, sure. big time Hooper. Big time Hooper. Love playing basketball. This go and this plays into the filmmaking. Yeah, this plays into the filmmaking. Okay, okay. Big time, big time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I always watch YouTube, and there was this guy's name. He had the channel called Ten Thousand Hours in the Lab, little combo channel. And this guy named Devin was a basketball trainer and filmmaker. And then he would essentially he would get these guys, and for like I don't know six to twelve months, he would train them, and then he would drop episodes of like cinematic. Basically, it was like a cinematic episode series uh, of documentaries. Cool yeah, cool training. They're off the court, on the court. It was like these whole storytelling things about this guy training these kids. And so it was like, I love basketball. And then that's when I was like, dang, this is cool. Filmmaking, basketball. Filmmaking yeah. like, kind of sparked in my mind. And so that's when I bought a camera. First camera in high school. Which camera yeah. was it? A6300. Okay, so, that's a solid camera. Yeah, it was solid. Sony for life. Sony always. for life. Sony for always. life. Um, yeah, so I got the A6300. Don't know why. So I was actually deciding between that and a Panasonic. But that's Panasonic, the GH. Like, GH. Or, it was like the GH3. Yeah, but those were solid. A lot of people get those to start. They were solid, but I don't know if I can say this, but I think Panasonic kind of fell off. But anyway. They haven't. Uh, you know Chris Howell uses Panasonic now. Or Lumix. He's using, I'm sorry. Lumix. Lumix. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But anyway, so that's when I got my first camera. Started shooting just stuff for fun. I mean, like, soup. I mean, it was bad, but stuff for fun. And then went to college. Didn't shoot anything my freshman year because I played basketball. Didn't really have any time. And then whenever I transferred to AM, which we can get into all that. But when I transferred to AM, I picked up a camera again, shot a couple weddings. I was like, dang, I love this. Sophomore year? Yeah, sophomore year, I think, is when I shot my first two weddings. Yeah. Then, like, my junior year, I shot a couple more. Senior year, shot a few more. And then when I graduated, I was like, man, I'd like enjoy. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So, was there a skill level jump between like graduating college and when you went full time or when you're like, "Oh, I'm going to do it?" Yeah, so that summer I think that summer in the first 3 months, I was like cuz cuz that summer I had one class at A&M. Yeah. So the rest of it I just YouTube YouTube yeah. and just like taught myself and then after that I didn't whenever I decided hey this is what I'm gonna do full-time I was just like all right and then I started like investing in education like that kind of stuff yeah. and then just started learning as much as I could and then just went jumped full-time right after college which felt super scary but Lord was faithful had the I mean this year one and like praise Lord I booked 25 weddings this year awesome. which is awesome um, that's really awesome and so, so it kind of opened up that i don't necessarily and obviously like filmmaking wise like i enjoy shooting weddings i want to shoot weddings like long term but i also want to shoot so would like, you consider yourself a wedding videographer you feel like yeah right now for sure yeah that's like my main like Ma my main sort of like what 90 10 you're shooting 90 yeah i'm shooting 90 percent right weddings right now yeah. and 10 percent other stuff what are the other two you said you had two other things you do yeah it? yeah so i've been shooting well two other kind of categories like i shoot some I guess you would call it like basically I shoot all the Instagram shorts and Instagram content for like this coffee chain in Austin. Um, and then I didn't know that you use uh, Instagram reels. Yeah. So actually they're not, they're starting to do more reels. I mean, yeah. I've been trying to, but they do YouTube shorts, but they do, no, they don't do YouTube shorts, but it's just like short form content. Okay. So like nothing over a minute. Sure. Everything's for YouTube, Facebook website, old school media, Instagram, 
all of it gotta get with the reels and the TikToks, i know baby, i know we gotta we gotta get them on tiktok but so i've been doing all that for them i want to do more of that kind of stuff and then i also want to get into some like short form documentary filmmaking type stuff because that's what i feel like i would say i do film like i like enjoy filmmaking because i enjoy the storytelling aspect of it like people watch videos or people like tell stories i mean because people forget stuff that's why we tell stories because we like forget stuff and so that's like the whole reason we always are sharing stories as people to like remember things and feel emotions and those kind of stuff so that's why like i do filmmaking because like i enjoy like even in conversation i enjoy telling, telling people stories. so why what do you think for you and i guess a video in general because it's all personal preference but what do you think makes a video captivating or like dang that's a good video like what is that metric for you okay so this is actually a great question because this is why wedding filmmaking is hard is because there's like so a good video has to have some form of conflict in it like 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 there has there's got to be some story arc but like in a wedding film it's like this it's the day starts in most wedding films the day starts you know they're getting married and there's no there's nothing to like keep you engaged. So that's like why wedding filmmaking is kind of fun. It's cause it's like, okay, I'm, I've just been trying to figure this out. Like this has just been kind of realization to me, but how can I insert some of that? Yeah. There's just like a lot of wedding videographers, filmmakers that I follow and they're, they're, all, they're always talking about inserting conflict into your wedding film. And conflict is, conflict isn't like, sorry, but and it, well, that's what you said that. And that spurred a thing in my mind. Cause I have, like I remember, I was talking to you, and I was like, I don't really like the cookie cutter. Yeah. But by cookie cutter, I mean linear, just like the same thing over and over. But by conflict, it's we all know it's linear. But how to make it the most captivating and do the most unique type of edits and tempo changes and sound design and all yeah. these things to make it next level it's like how to make because it's already going one direction. <laughs> how to make something linear feel as unlinear as possible exactly <laughs> that's that why you sense. see you i don't know you can go into this your style you go like chronological but like the storytelling when you uh, the couples read letters they read yeah. letters and you go like read letters shot read letters shot but then sometimes you go golden hour chronological golden hour chronological like there's what is like your format how do you yeah what's that, your favorite way to go about it that's a great question. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, I feel like I'm pretty chronological. I don't want to be chron- chronological, but you have to be like so thoughtful about how you do like an unchronological edit so it's not confusing. You have to be, it has to be consistent. It has to be intentional to where they know what's going on. It has to be telling some kind of story, yeah. else it just looks like if you, go you closed your eyes and you just sliced, sliced and it. diced and threw it together. Yeah. So figuring that out, like how to be non-chronological with it. Uh, but yeah, I love doing letter readings, all that kind of stuff, because it makes it way more personal. I'm not into the, I'm not out here trying to make music videos. For sure. So some people, that's their style, but yeah. it's just like. And sometimes when the audio screws up, you know, the Zoom H6 or the NTG don't work, you know, like got to throw some cool cinematic love type music behind it and call it call it raps. It's like cuz if you think about it in like 20 years, if they watch it back, are they going to care about like the song you chose or like the words hearing their husband or wife from like 20 years ago tell them they love them? That's like I feel like that's way more important. Yeah. Elements to make a next level wedding film. 
sound design, which consists of audio, people speaking, actual sound design, sound effects, you know, sound packs, whooshes, deep bass hits. Yep, risers, all those good things. And then, like, transitions. That's one of the things, so my favorite... All of that may not mean anything to anybody because this is like a Christian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to talk about. But for me, the element that really makes my weddings, what I want to do to make my wedding stand out is a fast sequence. Yep. Like Sam Coulter, we watched him the other day. That's like my, kind of like my inspiration into filmmaking, like that style, like transition, speed, tempo. Like making a camera feel like it's going one direction. So what I try to do is in the beginning, do like some masking, some cool fast transitions, then linear, linear, linear. Yeah. Dropping in intentional fast sequences to like get the viewer off their seat when it's like, oh, this video is kind of dragging on. Boom. Yeah. Well, and them. and we talk about this. That's why, I mean, so they know, but. That's why one reason is fun when we shoot together is because we shoot kind of different styles. Completely. And, they, and they, we're like very similar, but we also shoot very different, which like pairs well in like the edit room and yeah, all that kind of cause, stuff. Because Josh, very stagnant. I said earlier stagnant as in stagnant shooting, not a stagnant video, like the video is stagnant, but very still. And the, the analogy uses dot guy. We make funny because you're a big dot guy. Big dot guy. Big, big dot guy. Documentaries are very still. Yeah. Very like what's happening in the frame and letting you sit there. Whereas, you know, music videos, travel videos are more like gimbal shots, always moving, always doing something. So I'm always doing gimbal shots, always doing movement. And you're always stagnant. So when we shoot weddings together, it's kind of cool because you, like the wedding I shot at the Arlo, I completely missed on some shots that you saved me at and the stagnant shot saved me and when you same with new shot with me i was like stagnant the whole time and i was like this video is getting boring i look through your folder boom gimbal shot i throw in gimbal shot and we're like good to go no bro like if we need to start doing weddings together start doing a double charge (laughs) so we can shoot together plus both get paid our normal rate yeah facts that'd be the way to go facts one one thing well one thing i wanted to i guess bring up Sorry, we we because we, we've been talking about filmmaking. I know it's a Christian podcast, but they go hand in hand. And this, I kind of want to go back to the storytelling aspect real quick. Sure. Back to like the conflict point, um, like what makes a good story. And this is like kind of a, I don't know, maybe a, a segue. Um, I'll probably share a little bit of my story in a little bit, but kind of a segue is like, I think what also makes a good story. Yeah, character arc, conflict, all that. But I feel like in every like good. Think of every good movie you've seen, every good documentary you've seen. It's like there's, and people will probably clown me for saying this, but there's like a redemption story in every single one. Every good movie, like every single one you think of, like every single movie, there's like a character has a flaw, you redeem it, and the end is like. And sometimes it's every story has it, but the good movies hide it better. Yeah. The cheesy movies, it's like super obvious. Super obvious. But like that redemption, I just think like that, I think that redemption story, like that's laid out. And again, this may sound corny, but that's laid out like in movies and that kind of stuff is like, ob- I, I, I mean, I want to portray that because I feel like we're like wired for that, like based on like our own stories, like my story with the Lord, your story with the Lord, right? There's like redemption in both. And I think that's why like, I think that's why like humans relate to movies and redemption story, whether they realize it or it's not, it's because there's a longing and they want it. And so I think that's like a cool, a dope thing about filmmaking. Yeah. You don't want to get me going on 
on um, <laughs> some movie. Like, I have some hot takes about movies and, like, secular movies. Like, I was watching Jack Reacher. You ever seen Jack Reacher? Tom Cruise movie? Yes. A while ago. The They be doing that stuff, but they low-key be... They... Like, in Jack Reacher, they will subtly throw in, like... It's so sexually driven, and it's so like not. Yeah, I'm not saying every redemption story is a, in movies yeah, is a good a, is a uplifting redemption story. This is a completely different topic. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, it kind of gives me like talking about like ways to captivate people. Yeah. A lot of sex, like PG-13 movies. I was watching Jack Reacher, and I watched it when I was before I was a Christian. And I watched it. That's the movie ago. with the with the crazy opening scene, right? Crazy opening scene. In Jack Reacher. Uh, when the, the yeah, sniper, yeah, yeah. sniper. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. It, anyway, movie, a lot of ways that that movies captivate people is so like sexually driven, like yeah. tension between the male and female characters. Like you see it in every movie, they like they like drop little little uh, Easter not Easter eggs, that's not the right word, little hints, crumbs, crumbs. Hint, and they draw you out. So there's multiple narratives going on. Yeah, there's a main character, there's a main narrative which is like. We gotta rob this bank. But then there's a subplot going on. This love narrative between these two people. Like The Office, they're selling paper, but really it's about Jim and Pam. Exactly. But talking about Christians, yeah, you see that longing, and of course, this may be looking too much into it. It's for the sake of conversation. I really don't think about this too often, but like, that's actually a what what it captivates people and why it captivates people because we long for love. Yeah. And what I say about Jack Reacher and these bad movies, a lot of these. PG-13 rated R movies do it and distort it in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. Um, but then even like Hallmark movies, they still have that same love narrative throughout in a, in a healthy PG-G way. Yeah. But for me, when I look at filmmaking, my whole filmmaking is only spurred by the gospel. Yeah. And that's where my, I remember when I started filmmaking, it, I got saved February 2020, started and went to COVID. COVID happened, started reading my Bible and listening to worship music every morning. Read my Bible for 30 minutes, throw on some beats, and just listen to worship music. Touch of Heaven in particular. Just listen to that thing. Fire song. And just listen to that thing. And I'll just picture these, just picture scenes over worship. So worship music has always inspired my filmmaking, um, video creating process. But like for you, I mean, I know the Lord plays a, plays a role in it for sure. But like, what is your motivation? What kind of spurs your thoughts? And it could—it may not even be like it could be Danny is Mark Bone, but like your inspirations, kind of go into to that. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I have a hard time. I think that's one of the things that I'm like trying to figure out. I think coming up with creative ideas is like the hardest thing for me. But I, excuse me. But I think, I think, I think it only happens. Whenever I'm like, like it has to be quiet and still, but that's like not my life. I think that's why I don't come with creative. Like I think my best creative ideas come up when I'm like on a car drive, and I'm like no, I'm just like no music, nothing. I'm just sitting there thinking. Um, but I don't know. Like I feel like my inspirations come like life experiences, other people's life experiences. Um. That's a really good question. So your own life experiences. That's just a good, good segue. You start talking about a little Christian topic. Actually, hold on, pause. That's not pause like the interview, but that's a great question. I appreciate And that. now I'm going to think about it for a while. I appreciate it. Because I don't, I don't know where my, like, 
I think that's actually like we can go to the next topic, but hold on. Is that, but a, is that a challenging topic? No, I think that's a good, that's a great challenging question because I feel like I I have a hard time coming up with creative ideas right now. Like I, think, yeah. I feel like I'm in a block. I feel like they used to flow when I was younger. Yeah, but I think I need inspiration. I yeah, need, I need inspiration because like what I do straight up, the people like I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I'm just some great filmmaker. Like I've learned everything I've learned from other people. YouTube, I straight up like oh zoom transition through the sky how to make iphone be animated i'll just look up whatever i want to do put it behind a christian song boom and you just by doing that over and over and over i develop these skills and what i do i pick a christian gospel song a christian gospel topic and then over the course of creating so many like music videos i'll just overlay videos over christian or clips over christian songs developing these skills and i can go make a wedding they're like oh you're so good i'm like Dude, it's just like YouTube. It's just like I'm not. I'm, I don't claim to be this good guy. I mean, this good filmmaker because it's just learning from other people, and then making. Yeah, and we and we've talked about this a lot. I feel like, and this is on more than just a filmmaking level, but I think like, I think my creative ideas are hindered by like the fear I have inside of me, mm. because every time like an idea pops in my head, I'm like, nah. But like g- creative ideas like aren't fire like off the jump like you don't just sit there and like all of a sudden you've thought of the matrix and a lot of times it takes flushing out yeah but i like cut ideas off like right when i think of them because i'm so i'm like oh that's gonna suck oh that's gonna suck that's gonna suck Mm -hmm. and so i think like this this fear that like like fear 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 of man fear of judgment fear of what people are gonna think of me by creating something like that i want to make keeps me from doing anything and that's like not that's not healthy, guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I'm like, I'm just gonna call it like I I, I call it like it is. So we're we're, we're tiptoeing around this Christian topic. Go yeah. To share your story, experience with the Lord, how your relationship with the Lord has grown, changed over the years. Talk about talk about it. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm not gonna go. All, okay, I'll go back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So I said yes to Jesus eighth grade. Um, I remember like, I know, I know I said yes, just that day I was talking to my dad, I was like going through some stuff and my dad laid out the gospel for me and I was like, that makes sense. I don't know why it made sense. Like I'd always like known these things, but it made sense in a different way that day. I was like, all right. I like, I was like, I need this. And so that day I said yes to Jesus. Um, and then all throughout high school, like, so I grew up in a small town like Blanco, Texas. Blanco, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, I mean, literally maybe 2000 people there. So I was like, I was Josh Christian dude, went to church, youth group, young life, whatever. And so that was just kind of like who I was. My parents were very involved in both of those things. So it was like, it was expected of me. So it was never something I like, I don't think I ever owned it for me in high school. I just was like, all right, I'm gonna do this because it works out for me. It's not bad. I got a good life. And so going through, that's just kind of, I rolled through there in high school. It was chill. And then my, when I graduated, had the opportunity to go play college basketball, went to this school north of Dallas, Austin College, Austin college which another crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Me, <laughs> Cole. So I guess I'm one, I guess you're older than Cole. So my freshman, I played freshman year at Austin College. We were in Shriners Conference. I... Horrible year, about to get there. Horrible year, bounced, got out of that, got out of that place. Yeah. Not, not, not hor- horrible. We'll get into why it was horrible. Yeah. 
there was I met some great people there. But the similarity was I went to Shriner. Yeah. Had a horrible year. Great met great people. Went to A and M. You went to A and M. Same yeah, story. Yeah. Same story. Similarities. Best. Both basketball. But Austin College, I met some great people there. Good people. Um, but I'll get into great why people. I'll get into why I needed to leave there. Um, so, but I ended up going there my freshman year, playing basketball. It was going all right. We had some tough circumstances um, occur right before the first game, um, which was super tough, which I don't know. I'm not going to go into detail there. But it was tough for, like, all of us as teammates. Um, and so after that, after that, the whole season was, like, a struggle. And so – but when I got to Austin College, I, like, was at this point in my life where I was, I was six hours from home, and I was like, I can reinvent the wheel. I can be new. I can new. I can be new. Josh, different Josh. Um, and so when I first got there, I was like, I'm gonna just keep doing the same things. Like, I know I saved. Like there was always tugs in my heart. Like, hey, like like follow you me, follow me. Walking with the Lord, but I but you were saved. Yeah, I was saved. But I just wasn't walking with the Lord. And I and I I tried to run from Him. That whole first six, seven, eight months, I was trying to run from Him. I was trying my best. You can't really do it. But originally, I was trying to stay like Josh and who I was, like in high school. But then I was just like, it just wasn't cool there. Like, yeah. it's not what the people were doing. As in, so, so clarify, you're talking about you wanted to Sorry. be a Christian? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to keep walking with the Lord in it college when, when I first got there. But it was just like, yeah, it wasn't the norms. not what any of the people were doing, you know, um, just living different lifestyle, party and that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right. I tried to say, I said no, and I said no, and I said no, and I said no. And then eventually I was just like... I can't say no anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we did that for a while, and it was just like draining. It just wasn't fulfilling. And so I, I did that for a while, and then one morning I just woke up, and I was like, bro, I'm like, this is not who I am. And I, I remember the Lord. I'm like laying in my bed, and I, remember the, I just remember the Lord being like, I mean, it was not audible or anything, but I just remember, I just feel like his voice was saying, you're my son. But dude, like you gotta follow me, and it was just like that. And I was like, "You're not wrong." And so, I didn't know what that looked like. So I ended up locking myself in my room for the next couple months, or at least trying to. And that wasn't a good response either. Um, I just locked myself in my room, and that that was just that was tough. Got super down. I'm like a jovial, outgoing guy. Like like to talk to people, laugh, have a good time. And I was just in my room playing video games. And I, 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 I don't, I don't play video games like that. Never did in high school ever. Uh, so that was the next few months, and then after that, I was like, this is just not, this is just not good. And so after that year ended, this is actually crazy. I have, so we did this. When we were talking earlier. This is actually a moment that changed my life, big, big time. So I'm, I kid you not, I'm mowing my grass. I'm on my lawnmower, and I'm, I'm like. Just right, just rocking across the field, mowing the lawn. And my dad, I'd been home for like a couple weeks from college. My dad drives into our yard in the suburban, like all the way into the yard, pulls right up next to me. I'm like mowing the lawn, like he's in our yard, and he's he rolls in the window. He says, "Get him!" So I get in the car, and he drives me up to. We have this like cross where I grew up, and he drove me up there, and we sat down next to it. And he was like, he literally looked at me, and he goes, "So what's so what's up? Like what's going on, bro?" And but he, he, he had no idea. He had no clue what the last... He just could tell that I was just, like, in the dumps, like, down. Like, I was not myself. And 
I like immediately broke down and just like sobbed, like cried. And he was in, I'll never forget this. Cause I, I had, I literally told my dad my entire, how my entire year of college went. And like, I was a good kid in high school, like good kid, whatever that means. Right. And I like laid out all the, all, all this stuff. And he looks at me and he goes, Josh, I still love you. And I'm proud of you. And in that moment, it was like the closest thing to like the love of Jesus on this earth that I think I will ever feel in my life. Like I get like, uh, bro, I get the chills talking about it. Like my, like my father looked at me and like said that. And it was like a, and like, it's, it's not like I took my dad's inheritance and did all this, but like for me and my story it was like a prodigal son moment with like my earthly father. And it just like, it just showed like the grace of the Lord to me tangibly. So after that, that was like super healing moment. Cause I felt like, all right, people know, about what's going on so I can like heal. So then after that, I'm, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but after that, after that, um, mentor Aaron Taylor reached out to me. Um, well, he wasn't at the time I hadn't met him yet, but he asked me to work this summer camp, work this summer camp. And he was just like the best demonstration of like, he was a 25 year old dude at the time he was about to get married. Actually, I think he was 24. Anyway, he's like 24, 23, 24, about to get married, and he was leading the summer camp, and he just took a bunch of us dudes that were fresh out of high school, first year of college, and he just like walked with us, and he was just a great representation of serving leader, being strong, but being gentle, and he just like spent time like discipling us and hanging out with us. Like we would just hang out too, and it was just like the, I had never had an experience with guys that love the Lord than I did that summer. Like, they're my best friends to this day still. Like, we talk every single day with some of those guys. Um, yeah. And it showed me that, like, okay, I'm not supposed to do this alone. Because I was doing it alone at Austin College and it didn't pan out, clearly. Um, and they showed me that this is this life isn't meant to be walked alone. Yeah. So, after that, that's when I decided so I needed but, to transfer to a and What did you say about uh, Austin showed you... Aaron, sorry. I'm sorry. Aaron, Aaron <laughs> showed you what it was like to be a man walking with the Lord in terms of like men being being gentle like Jesus. Yeah, he he showed me I feel like he really laid out that Christianity isn't soft and like weak, if that makes sense, and I'll like explain that. It's like it's gentle and it's kind and it's humble, but those things aren't those things don't make you weak. Those things are actually like the most strong qualities like a man can have. And like that's, and like that was just like seeing that in someone who was only two years older than me. So it felt like we were close to the same life stage or three years older than me, whatever it is. Seeing that in someone was like, wow. So that's what it looks like to walk with Jesus. You know, I can still go hoop and I can play basketball and I can like filmmaking. I can do all these things and I can just do them from a heart that loves the Lord. I don't have to like, I don't have to like bail on all these like, like God's given me those gifts. I'm just using them not for him. You know, you know what I mean? Bro, the thing for me is when you look at the world's perception of Christianity, I think a large pe- percentage of people think that it's for the for the weak. Okay, you had a bad couple of years of your life. You had a bad stretch. Oh, but you found Jesus and you're good now. Good for you. Kind of like pat you on the back and that's good. But like I'm a successful, you know, I'm not soft. I didn't get... I didn't get beat up by high school or college. I didn't get depressed, so I don't need Jesus. 
You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like yeah. people yeah. can perceive like, oh, that person went on a downward path. Then they found that they needed Jesus. Yeah. They, they went somewhere bad. And I think that's kind of how I perceived Christianity. It's like, it's for the weak, but I'm not weak. In high school, I didn't think I was weak. Yeah. Like, bro, I'm the guy. Yeah. Even though I wasn't the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're not the guy. And it's like, he's actually more weak when you're not walking with Jesus. Like, that's when I was weak. Putting up this persona. Persona that I was. Striving real hard. Yeah, that I was weak. And that's what made it. That's what made me just like. I mean, you just don't have the energy to like sustain that. Like that persona all the time of all, all these things, but it's like no, all these like attributes and like characteristics that the Lord has of confidence, boldness, gentleness, tenderness, kindness—they all go hand in hand, Bro. and they're all like what we're called to, especially as men. Like, no, and like you look at like the characteristics of Jesus. Like he rose from the dead, and I heard someone say this, and I don't know if the scriptural ties to this, but he's like. Like, bloodied and victorious Jesus sitting at the right hand of God right now. There's a million angels. Right now, it says this in Revelation. There's a million angels right now saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come. Yeah. Bloodied and victorious is the, is the term you use. And that's like, not a soft. Let's ride. That's, let's <laughs> ride. That's not a soft imagery. Yeah. He rose from the dead. The name above all names. Like, this is not a, this is not, but also, he's that. He's victorious, but he's soft and his burden is light. His yoke is easy. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So it's both. But, man, I just feel so silly. Now that you said that, I completely forgot me having that memory, past memory of, like, that person's walking with Jesus, like, me having that low view of them. Yeah. Just to be even lower than them and being a child when I got saved. I don't know why I'm getting passionate about this right now, but, like, I just feel like, because I feel like I just, on EFX, I feel like strength, I, I just feel like strength is so not, like, seen. I feel like it's not viewed in the right eyes, like, especially by the world. It's, like, strong. I feel like strong in today's world is I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to do this for me. I'm strong. I'm the man. You, you know, or I'm the, uh, like, I'm the alpha in a group of dudes or whatever, right? Like, whatever. But, like, I feel like strength is, like, sure, there's times to, like, lead with your voice and that. But I feel like strength is how can I serve you? Strength is strength is what do you need? Strength is how can I how can I lay my life aside and inconvenience myself so I can serve someone else? That's way stronger than, hey, you, you serve me personally. Okay, that's what bosses CEOs today like. Oh, I'm gonna get to a point where I'm a CEO. I'm a worth ten million dollars. I'm yeah. gonna have fifty employees under me working for me. Yeah. And it was cool because I saw you know iconic the the Instagram that makes those posters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They started a podcast, and one of the guys got up there. This I think I don't think he's a Christian. I'm ninety percent sure he's a Christian. He could be. But I don't think he is. He was looking at a poster, and it said leading from the front versus leading from the back, and it was a picture of a dog sled in the snow. And it was like society's picture of a boss at the back of the sled being pulled by the dogs, the Huskies. What a real leader is, is he was in front of the dogs pulling. And it was, it's so funny. There's two thoughts in here. It's like, that's what you're talking about. That's what a real leader is, is a servant. But that's a secular person, not even a Christian, talking about being a servant leader. So it's so f cool how, I say it's cool, but like the world even sees in 
Jesus seeps into the world's perceptions of motivation and how yeah. business should be run and how leaders, but they're just missing Jesus. But these are biblical themes that worldly people are <laughs> like, bro, like that's awesome, but you can be a servant leader, and, but you don't have Jesus. And it's interesting, like you look at the Bible, like I can think of like two polar opposite instances with Jesus that are both that I see as strong. Like he goes in the temple, right? And everything's like out of whack. They're like selling stuff in there and all that kind of stuff. And he goes and he flips the table and he's like, yo, this is wrong. And he stands up and he's like, he flips tables and tells people to get out. Mm-hmm. And then the night he's like betrayed, when, when you think he would like swing, the dude gets his ear chopped off and he, and he heals the man. He heals the dude that's literally about to but, send him, but, send him to his death. He washed the disciples feet too. Yeah. And, and the night, the night of the night of he washed the disciples feet. Then his enemy comes and attacks him and he heals his enemy. And it's like, Okay, those two things are. I just think it's interesting, and I think it's. Yeah. I, I I just think we could. I mean, me part and me too. We can all do it better. So that's a but, word, bro. Texas A and M. Um. Yeah. So going into Texas A and M. Um. Yeah. So after that summer that I served, I literally all my athletic forms were due, and I was like, I can't do this. So I called my coach. I'm like, Hey, man, I'm out. And then I transferred to Texas A and M. Lived some people off campus because I was at Blinn at the time. Cause I didn't get straight in cause I missed like the date <laughs> to apply cause I decided so late, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But, um, and so I'm at Texas A&M and, uh, I've, so I did young life in high school, which is like ministry for high school kids. And so my sister had done it in college. So I was like, okay, I need like, I need this time. I was like this time around, <laughs> I need to, you went from doing it by yourself to, I need people. So yeah. I literally went and signed up for this young life training thing, which is like, you're literally training to become a leader, but I signed up for friends. Um, which is honest, being honest. Yeah. Just being honest. And so I went, signed up for friends, signed up for friends, did the whole training thing, got put in this training Bible study, met these dudes. Some, some who ended up being my roommates, best friends. Um, and so, but it wasn't easy. I know I said this earlier, like your problems don't just leave when you change cities. So like, know that if you're, if you're going through something, if you bounce and go somewhere else, like, your like your 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 sin doesn't just stay in one place like it's in your heart. So that whole like, I mean, it's just a process of like figuring out okay, how do I begin to like walk with the Lord again and be a son of God and like walk in obedience. Like, what does that even look like? Met these good dudes, was surrounded by him, and then for the next two years, like we just like did life together every day and lived with them, ended up getting, and it, and it just like changed my life. Like doing life with a group of like four or five guys that all wanted to love the Lord together and who are willing to just be like, hey, Josh, you're being an idiot. <laughs> I'm serious, bro. It's like, it's crucial. Like I remember one of my roommates, he's like my best friend. He was like, hey, dude, why are you doing that? I was like, what are you talking about? And I, I kind of was mad at him for like two days. And then I was like, all right, he's right. And doing just doing life together with people, that's what you need. And so... After I did that for a couple of years, ended up serving Young Life for two years, and. But what you said earlier, you you went there for friends, but then you God transformed that into you having a desire to serve. Then. Oh yeah, over that like, year. Let's be honest. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Going to serve for friends is probably not. I mean, it's a good thing to see Christian friends, but like that's what you just said. Like, we need to go there to serve. But you went there for friends, but then God turned that into like, oh, you actually were pouring out. You know, yeah, it was like God. It's not, it's not yeah, God was like, I'm gonna use your. I felt like God was like, all right, I'm gonna use kind of that poor motive, kind of. 
yeah, to dude. like it's like it wasn't a bad motive but it wasn't the best one but he was like all right i'm gonna use that to give you good friends who are then gonna make you want to surf and so i did that for two years and it was like insane like awesome insane i want you to go right now into you're living in austin bro yeah talk about what it's like being a christian outside of college versus in college specifically yeah. Austin, Texas A&M, or College Station. Yeah. So my time at Texas A&M, great, lots of Christian community, but I feel like a lot of the people that are there, it's kind of culturally culturally cool to be a Christian there, which like whenever I went there in my faith, bro, I needed to be in a place where there was a bunch of people walking with the Lord to help me walk with the Lord. Um, That was good for me, but I was there for a while, and I – kind of like lost perspective of that is like a unique experience and the rest of the world isn't like that like the like the rest of the world like the world hates truth the world, the world hates god and we were in a cool pocket but you kind of become desensitized to that and so and and yeah exactly and so as soon as i like transitioned from texas a&m to austin it was like bro i was like fish out of water and it was no longer cool it was like no longer cool to be a Christian anymore. Like there was, it was almost like you could, you know, I mean, it's like not a disrespectfully, but it's almost like you could try to work your way up this like Christian social ladder, mm-hmm. which is just like not good. It's not what Christianity is about at all. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of had that perspective. And then when I went to Austin, it was like, people aren't walking with the Lord. No one wants to walk with the Lord. It's not cool anymore. And me, I have this tug in my heart to like fit in anywhere and be cool and be like known by people. Sure. And so... Like the last like ten months, I guess of kind of where I am now has been this big. Because you're not surrounded by ten thousand Christians or five thousand. I don't know what the yeah. set is, but so many Christians so many. anymore. You're actually I don't know if the word minority is the correct term, but you're not around them anymore. So yeah. now and then now your desire to be known and fit in. Yeah, it's kind of misplaced and it's kind of like presenting challenges for you, right? Yeah, because I could fit in and be a, I could fit in for being a Christian there. Yeah. Versus, Austin is like. With people, it's like, no, and that's not the case. And so figuring out how letting aside my, like, love of approval from, like, man. Because my my thing was, I feel exactly what you're saying about the community. I think it, I met some of the some of my best friends at Texas A&M, some of the dudes who have had monumental change, played a role in changing my life been brothers to me like you were saying about your friends but it's just like a fact of the matter i guess talking about the community and like the saddest deal how i think i've thought about it especially since we like have talked about this a lot there was a time and a season for like really good community like that you always need community everywhere you go but like this is like if you don't go to texas a&m like i like it's really hard to explain it's true like really hard to explain but there's like so many people like i mean there's like five six churches that are huge yeah there's just like people it feels like there's people on every corner that are like yeah. oh yeah christian organizations christian or- everywhere yeah, yeah. and so it's like there was like a time and season for that and i'm glad i was there but i definitely think florida was like all right it's time to move on and enter the fire a little bit if you will um and that wasn't that wasn't easy at at all and like obviously <laughs> it's bound to happen like you got 20 to 23 year olds running around together like like figuring out how to walk with the lord it's bound to like it's bound to occur but like in hindsight i wish i had spent more of my time 
like right. actually investing in the people around me than concerned with does this group think I'm cool? Does this group think I'm cool? Am I like leading enough things? Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, am I leading well enough? Am I like, we like, cause, cause we would talk about it like as our house. It's like, I would like compare. And this is like, I think this is like super toxic. If I can say this among like ministry and church in general is you start comparing your ministry. You eat like even calling it my ministry is just like laughable. Sure. <laughs> but like you start comparing like like for us so i did young life so like you go to the school you go to games you like you like go to where what was it called well, where these was i was at brenham which okay. is so it was like it was long drive but anyway it was it's like i would compare how many times i'm going to how many times other people are going and i'm like look at me and it's like Air, like air, like that's like leading a ministry in an arrogant way, and I wish I would not have done that. But that's kind of like cultural yeah. in essence. But that's and, something and, that and should be also, broke. And that's also the thing that we will say because I, me and you are both guilty of that. We've established that, and we also need to say that probably it, it's not all Christians are experiencing that. Yeah, not so we gotta make that disclaimer as well, that preface. But at the same time, when we were talking, um, real quick, but also like. God like used that. If I wouldn't have experienced that and like seen that, I, th- I think God like really showed me how prideful I am because because of that. So I think it's like for sure used. Like, yeah. like I like look back at my. I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could go back to that time because that was like a sweet time for me with a lot of really good friends. But God used it to like He really used it for like His glory. Obviously, like obviously He always does. Yeah. But to show me like I am. I am prideful and I'm like supposed to serve like this, you know? Yeah. So, well, bro, we've been going for a fat minute, fat minute, bro. Plug, plug your hardwick media, plug, plug your socials. Let the people get in contact with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want your wedding filmed, hit me up at hardwick media weddings and then Josh Hardwick films. I'm going to start posting my other kind of content and stuff the there other than the weddings. Yeah. So personal projects, all that kind of stuff. So, if you want to follow me, you Give can. Give me a follow. Come on now. Give me a follow. So, But I appreciate you coming on, bro. Appreciate it. So much encourages me. I know he would provide y'all some encouragement. Just such a blessing. So I hope this was a blessing for y'all. And that's all we have today. So we'll see you in the next video.